Hello and welcome to the Amar Kutub show, India's leading show for jobs and careers. If you are looking for your first job, thinking of switching jobs or seeking the best career guidance, then this is the place for you. To all our subscribers out there, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions or advice, you can get in touch with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or you can visit our website www.amirkutub.com. Presenting Amir Kutub, CEO of the Amir Kutub Academy. All right, so we are live everyone. Thank you so much for joining the show. I am Amir Kutub. I am a serial entrepreneur. I have built three uh, successful businesses and I am a tech investor as well, which means I invest in startups. I have invested in uh, around eight startups so far and I have mentored around 20 to 30 startups. So I'm a big follower of lean startup methodology. And the, today's discussion is actually about building a successful startup. So how do you build a successful startup? So we are going to take all the questions with regards to your startups. Uh, if you have an idea, what you want to start a, a business, uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to send them through in the comment section. If you have any queries with regards to the startup that you have, feel free to send them to, to me as well. And if you are watching this video or listening to this audio after we went live, still feel free to uh, post your questions and comment and I will definitely answer them in the next video. So uh, let's get started. The very first thing that I want to talk about uh, with the startup is that, that there's a huge difference between an existing business and startup. And one of the major difference with those is that with a startup, you are actually... Uh, going into a completely new territory, uh, something that has not been uh, tested or tried before. And then uh, uh, with an established business, uh, this business model is already tested. For example, if you're starting a cafe, if you're starting a restaurant, there's a lot of people who have started the same thing before. So that business model is already tested. But with startup, you're coming up with a completely new idea and you haven't actually tested the problem. So what exactly is a startup? So a startup is uh, a venture that solves a particular problem while being profitable. So uh, it could be uh, a problem related to uh, education. It could be a problem related to work. It could be a problem related to travel. It could be a problem related to hospitality. It could be a problem related to, uh, to any field out there. So all you need to think about is, okay, uh, what's the problem? Is that problem big enough? A lot of people are seeing those problems and then uh, you develop a business model from there. So as I said, feel free to send uh, through the questions. I'll actually uh, uh, take the questions on board. Uh, Dinesh is saying your video is stuck. Please let me know by comments if my video is stuck or you can see my video fine and let me know. And also let me know how, I'm, how am I looking in red t-shirt today. Uh, Vinod Verma, hello sir, good evening. Uh, hello uh, Vinod, Thank, thanks a lot for joining the session. Uh, welcome on board. Vinod Verma, uh, I want to know about mobile applications. So um, um, mobile applications has been uh, definitely uh, a huge, huge sector in the startup. Uh, but I think uh, we already have a lot of mobile applications right now on App Store. So do you know that there are around 2.2 million apps on App Store and 2 million apps on Play Store or somewhere around that? 
So there are like 4.2 million apps that exist around the world. But how many do we, we actually use? So if you look at your phone, you would be probably only using 30 to 40 apps altogether. So which means that the 80% of the apps that are out there, they are actually zombie apps, which means they are dead. No one is actually installing them and people, people have spent a lot of money developing them. So it's not a, about a startup is not about, okay, uh, thinking about, all right, I'm going to create a mobile application. That will be so cool. I'm going to create a copy of TikTok or a copy of Facebook or Instagram and it will work. It doesn't happen like that. So you, the first thing that you need to identify is, okay, what problem are you trying to solve? What is the need? What is the gap in the market that you are trying to solve and how that gap could be solved? So mobile application is just a means. Uh, for example, uh, a website is just a means. A mobile application could be a means. But now the world is moving towards augmented reality. Uh, world is moving towards virtual reality. World is moving towards all of these uh, speakers like smart speakers like Alexa and Google Assistant. Do you think people would still be ordering pizzas from their mobile apps after five years? No. People would be saying, hey, hey, Google, hey, Siri, hey, Alexa, get me a pizza. And... Uh, uh, Sorry, I just said, uh, hey, Google, so it uh, paused. Uh, oh, I won't repeat the word, uh, hey, space Google, because it's just pausing my video every time because my, my Google uh, thing is activated. Anyways, what I was saying was that mobile applications uh, uh, is not the answer to the, the startup world because earlier it used to be start, uh, mobile application. Now, after five years, you would be ordering pizzas on uh, your uh, Google Assistant or Siri or or any any such system. Uh, all you have to do is just say, "Hey Siri, uh, you know I want a pizza," and and pizza would be delivered. For example, if I have to uh, order an Uber, I don't go on the app in the morning. I just say, "Hey uh, Siri, get me an Uber," and it actually uh, books an Uber for me. So the world is moving towards voice. The world is also moving towards augmented reality and virtual reality and artificial intelligence and most importantly internet of things so smart lights smart bulbs smart smart everything so you put a sensor in, into something it becomes smart so you put a sensor into uh, your shower your shower becomes a smart shower you put a sensor in your toilet uh, and use that data it becomes a smart toilet so it's, it's all about those smarts smart homes smart offices smart streets smart transports and the world is moving towards that direction now, if you're thinking of startups, if you're you thinking of mobile application, a mobile application would only work uh, if you if there is definitely a, a huge gap in the market and there's a clear enough uh, space. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not exactly about the, the technology. It's, it's about the problem that you are trying to solve. I hope uh, I answered that question. Uh, so Noor Alam has actually asked uh, from LinkedIn, I'm, I'm right. How to approach to investors for startup funding? That's a great question. There are five things that startup ask before they uh, provide you funding. Number one, what problem are you trying to solve? Number two, who are your customers? Number two, uh, number three, what? Uh, who are your competitors? Number four, how are you better than your competitors? Are you better than them? Are you faster than them? Are you cheaper than them? And number five, what is your business model? Like, how are you going to actually make money? So for business model, uh, there there is a, a thing called business model canvas, which is a one page 
plan that you would need to fill and i would encourage you to fill that even if you are looking for investment or not because that gives you a very nice snapshot of startup so if you have a startup idea the very first step is to actually fill that business model canvas where to find that you can actually go on amirkutub.com my website double a m i r q u t u v dot com and download the business model canvas from there fill it now it doesn't need to be accurate because the whole lean startup methodology is based on the assumption that whatever you are thinking is going to work these are all hypotheses hypothesis is basically uh, not a truth but a theory that's something that you form in your mind so for example if you are thinking that uh, my startup will solve this problem now that's a hypothesis that's what you are thinking if you are thinking that my startup is uh, going to solve these customers that's again a hypothesis as well and so you you form all of these hypotheses and then you put it in business model canvas and then you test it with the market now when you do initially do market research uh, you sort of come back and you revise your business model canvas so business model canvas is not a document that you would create and then put it in a file it's something that you will create put it up like in a room somewhere and then go through your business model canvas every week and revise that and you keep on revising that at, until like for for a year or two sometimes for three or four years until unless you get your business model perfect until unless you get a a startup that's actually profitable and that startup that is actually scalable so i hope uh, i answered that question uh, noor uh uh sorry i'll just check what are the next questions uh so altaf uh, is actually asking he wants to uh start a startup uh, in the tourism industry uh that's great altaf so again tourism industry uh is uh, filled with a lot of startups so technology has actually disrupted the tourism industry a lot earlier we used to use travel agents uh to make bookings for us but nowadays we don't have any travel agents making booking for us it's we who like uh, we are the ones who are going on the websites making all the bookings and tours and everything and what you would see see after covid would end and uh, uh everything would 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 uh, start to go back to normal again a lot of travel agents will go out of business completely because there are still websites out there like skyscanner like ibibo and all of those who are actually replacing the role of travel agent now you don't need to call a travel agent to find the cheapest flight because uh your flight aggregator can tell you what's the cheapest flight similarly you don't uh, need to call travel agent to book a hotel you could just sort of go on trivago or some other website and book a hotel but there is still a huge space of disruption in the travel industry in terms of how the you manage the experiences uh, like for example in australia there's a website called red balloon uh what it does is actually sells uh different experiences to people now the next thing that's going to happen in the market is that once google comes up with this their vr glasses like google glass or other companies come up with wearable smart glasses uh, uh they would come up with apps that would allow you to for example translate uh what you are seeing so so like if you go to china and 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 you are actually uh seeing a sign that's written in chinese but you are watching it through your glasses so it would automatically translate into hindi or translate it into english that's going to be one disruption the second is that by using augmented reality and virtual reality uh you could uh, alter the overall experience of the place as well for example we did a project with uh, australian tourism 
uh, where we uh, uh, added a lot of uh, uh, augmented reality and, and QR codes uh, things into a mobile app. So for example, a person would go to a very nice historic landmark, they will point uh, their mobile to that particular landmark and then it will actually uh, show them how it used to look like like 50 years ago. So imagine going to Lal Kila or Taj Mahal and pointing your phone towards Taj Mahal and then you could actually see like Shah Jahan walking there and all, all, all of the people in the old dress walking there. So it's just about enhancing the overall travel experience as well. So you need to think about, okay, what are the gaps in travel industry? What are the things that you would think would be good to have in the travel industry? And uh, just go with it. It's uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, all you have to do is just think about, okay, what is the need? What is the problem? And how am I actually going to solve it? Uh, plain and, and simple as that. All right, so we are getting next question. Uh, so next question is actually about how to uh, get an idea for startup. So uh, Aman has actually asked how to get a good idea for a startup. Now, I, you don't generate ideas from nowhere. There is a process of generating ideas. I've got a specific video on this, how to uh, enhance your creativity and generate ideas for million dollar startups. But the key is to actually observe your surroundings so start looking at things critically, start looking at the challenges that are out there, see what is the problem, what, what, are, what, are, what are the challenges that are actually out there, and how are you going to solve that particular problem. And once you have identified uh, the problem, then think about, okay, if this is a problem in my country, this would be a problem somewhere else. Has this problem been solved anywhere around the world? And then try and look at the solution and then try to incorporate that solution. That's how you generate an idea. Or if you see, okay, there's a problem in cricket industry or there's a need in cricket industry, it would be so good that if you are watching the match uh, in, in the stadium, you are able to see all the stats and things like that uh, or, 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 or watch a replay or something like that uh, from your phone. Uh, see if it's being done in any other industry and then uh, uh, see how you can actually take inspiration from that and, and develop that in your particular industry. So ideas are generated mostly by observation. So if you start observing the problems and then start observing the solution around it, you will actually get amazing ideas. Uh, now uh, we've got next question. Uh, we've got Manish Kumar. Uh, Manish Kumar Manish is, is saying hi. Hi, Manish. Uh, thanks a lot for joining the, the session. We've got some questions. We're actually getting some questions from Instagram. I'll take a look. Uh, Abhilash, sir, how are you? I am good, Abhilash. How are you? Uh, very fine. Thank you. OK, uh, I'll take the next question back again from uh, YouTube. So Vishal is actually asking, uh, let me read the question. All right. So Vishal is asking uh, how to prepare a startup pitch. So a startup pitch is basically, uh, uh, startup pitch is basically a presentation that you have to uh, take to the investors. When, when you are going to meet investors, you're not just going uh, single-handedly, you actually have to prepare a presentation and you only have a limited time to pitch your startup to them. So you might have five minutes, sometimes you might have 10 minutes to pitch your idea to them. So uh, startup pitch is basically uh, a very 
a specific compilation of uh, the things that you need to mention uh, to the startup startups. So it's basically what you do in your startup, which is you take your business model canvas and then convert it into the, the startup page. Again, the question that you are going to, to answer in the startup page is again, what is your idea? What problem are you solving? Who are your customers? What's the market size? So you actually have to put some numbers on the market size in there as well. And then uh, once you have developed, uh, mentioned about the market size, you talk about, okay, this is this is the, the, the particular market size. Now, how are we going to reach to those people? So for example, if you say, oh, I've, I've developed a, a nice application and I'm going to, my market is all the students in India. The next question that investors would have is, how are you going to reach to all of the students in India? Because if you try and spend money in marketing, you might end up spending million of dollars uh, just trying to reach out to the people. So you need to have a, a nice generalized strategy to reach out to the students? Would it be through campus ambassadors? Would it be through partnerships or collaborations? You actually have to clearly specify that. And the most important thing in a startup pitch is the revenue model. So how are you actually going to make money after two years or three years or whenever? What is your revenue source? Are you going to charge students? Are you going to uh, char develop a marketplace and then charge the suppliers? If you say my revenue model is uh, advertisement, now uh, advertisement could be a revenue model, but for that to work, you actually need to have a huge, huge amount of traffic on, on a particular application or a particular website. Uh, so you need to think about different uh, revenue models. And then the most importantly, what is your exit strategy? So if an investor is investing in the startup, they are looking for an exit strategy because uh, they want to get a return on their money in five to six years. So an, an exit strategy uh, could be an IPO, which is initial public offering, which means listing your startup on a stock, uh, like uh, on, on, on a stock index, like uh, NASDAQ or NSE or in India, uh, the Bombay Stack, uh, Stock Exchange. And then uh, the second is actually selling it to or getting acquired by a larger company. So for example, if your startup is in uh, health sector, what are the companies that could actually acquire it? For example, if your startup is in, in like photo sharing sector, do you see Facebook or Instagram acquiring it as well? So you actually have to mention what is your exit strategy. If you go to investors and tell them that I do not have an exit strategy, like uh, I'm just, I'm going to continue with my business, it won't work. Uh, it doesn't work like that. They need to see a proper exit strategy and they need to see that they will get a return on their investment in five to six years. And that's pretty important. So we have got a question from Instagram. I'm going to take that question. Uh, I actually can't see that question anymore. All right. Uh, okay, we've got a question from uh, LinkedIn. Can LinkedIn people tell me if they are able to watch uh, me on LinkedIn or uh, not? Because I'm getting comments from LinkedIn that my video is stuck. Uh, is that true? Um, mm -mm -mm. Hello, Danish. Hi, Nishant. How are you? Good. Thanks. If you want to join me uh, live on uh, Insta uh, or again, Facebook or YouTube, just uh, uh, ping me and happy to bring you on board as, with that as well. Uh, I'm just uh, checking uh, more comments from LinkedIn. And because they are mentioning that my video is stuck. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it's stuck. All right. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, we'll move on to the next question. The next question is about uh, the valuation. All right, so before we move on to that, we have got a question from Instagram over here. What's the plan B for startup failure? Uh, that's by I, I am uh, okay, Sean. So uh, Sean has asked, what's the the plan B for a startup failure? All right. So the way you work in a startup is that you actually uh, start by the assumption that it uh, might fail, but the the failures in a startup world are basically feedback. So when you fail, uh, the very first thing that I would like you to do is rather than investing all the money in your startup, you start by developing a minimum viable product of the service that you are going to provide. A minimum viable product is basically a small uh, a small concept of what you are going to do and put it out in the market. And it might fail in terms of you might not get enough customers or your costs are too high or whatever. So instead of thinking, okay, this is the, a complete failure, you need to look at, okay, what are what were the challenges? What were the problems that you have learned from that methodology? And then put them back in, uh, uh, in your business model canvas and then tweak your business model canvas. And this concept is called pivoting. So in pivoting, what you are doing is you are actually learning from the, the, the mistakes, learning from the customer's feedback, and then changing the direction of your startup. So you're not quitting your startup. You are looking at, okay, if my startup failed, what were the reasons? Was it due to my market was wrong? My product offering was not strong enough. The problem was not right. Whatever the reason was, you actually pivot or tweak your startup. Uh, and then test it again with the market and then you push it out and then you test it with the market again and so on. So you keep on tweaking uh, your startup with the customer's feedback uh, and in that way you uh, will never uh, fail. So you would actually continue to grow uh, in your startup as well. Uh, sorry, I, uh, oh, I actually missed some of the comments from Instagram because I couldn't see all of them. Uh, I'm getting some comments uh, from LinkedIn. So I'll, Jay Yadav, I'll come back to your comment pretty soon. I'll take Kalpesh's comment. Kalpesh says, hi, Amir. Hi, Kalpesh. Why 90% startups close down in five years? 90% uh, startups, actually, I would say more than 90%, like 95% startups close down in five years of fail because they do not follow the lean startup methodology. They feel when they found the startup, they feel, OK, this is the business model. This is how it's going to work. And they push it out to the market straight away without doing any customer research and without doing any customer discovery. So what you need to do is even if you uh, uh, have an amazing idea, you need to put it down business model canvas. Even if you get an investment rather than developing the full product, you start by developing a minimum viable product, put it out to the market learn from the, the, the customers and build it with the customers. So the startups fail is because they build something in the their office, in their background without actually talking to the customers. So Steve Blank, who is the founder of Lean Startup Methodology, he used and uh, sort of he came to Australia and I uh, had a like a week to spend with him. And he mentioned that uh, a true customer discovery is when you actually go out of your office uh, sit in front of your customer and then talk about the problem that you are going to solve your idea and look at their people dilate, look at their eyes. And then that's when you would be able to identify whether your product or startup is going to, to solve a problem. What people do is people spend a lot of uh, money, raise money uh, and spend a lot of money in developing a product, which no one wants. If, if you are developing a product that no one wants, no one is going to buy it. It's as simple as that. 
right? So just because you think it's a great idea doesn't mean people think it's a great idea. What you have to do is you have to go out to the people and see, check with them. Rather, and it's not just about asking, do you think it's a great idea? It's about actually developing a very small, uh, minimum viable product, uh, taking it to the customers and then asking them, okay, do you think, uh, what do you think about it? And actually seeing how customers are using it, if customers are liking one part or, or, or not. And there are multiple examples of successful startups that didn't used to be what they are. And, and this concept is called pivoting. For example, uh, one of the app called Flickr, which we know as, as a photo sharing app, it never was it. I think it was Flickr or Picasa, but it never used to be a photo sharing app. It used to be an online gaming app. So they started with, with, with online gaming and put it out. And in that online gaming, they had a very small feature of adding photographs. And what they see uh, observed was that a lot of customers were not using it for gaming. They were using it for uh, sharing the photographs. So they identified, okay, gaming is probably not the need. Uh, gaming is not a problem. Uh, gaming is not a challenge. The challenge is uh, basically, or the problem that they are solving is actually they are allowing people to share photographs. So they changed their whole business model from uh, from what they initially thought, which was gaming, to a photo sharing app. So in business, you never fail uh, if you are willing to learn and work with the customer and take from them. Now, I'll take more questions from uh, Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn. But before that, I'll take Jay's question from Instagram. If investors invest in our business and how we have to pay them, do we have to keep them on commission basis or how? That's a great question. So in so uh, Jay, Jay is basically asking that if investors are investing in our startup, what are they after? So investors, mostly genuinely, genuine investors would invest in a startup on an equity basis. So you know, on equity, equity basis means that they will take a small percentage share of your organization based on your valuations. So it could be between 10 to 15 to 20%. And they do not receive any part of your revenue. So they would spend the money with you. They'll give you whatever 100,000, 200,000, 1 lakh, 2 lakh, whatever it is, and then forget about it. What they are after is they are after 20 times, 30 times return after five to seven years. So that's why it's important to have your exit strategy clear because I invest in startups all the time. I work with investors who invest in startup all the time. We never, ever, never, ever invest in a startup uh, that is uh, doesn't have a clear exit strategy because if there's no exit strategy, if we don't know that the startup is going to be uh, sold or, or if the startup is going to go in IPO, uh, how would we be able to get a return on the investment? Because as an investor, we don't get a return when the startup is making money. We don't get any commissions on, on the sale. And that's the beauty of getting the investment for a startup is that you get the investment and that's it. If you are a, a good founder, you will keep them on board uh, and, and of course use them uh, for advice and everything. But they do not have a say in how you run the startup because they, have, they are a minority shareholders and they only get the return back if they are either selling your shares or if uh, you are selling the company or if you are taking the company uh, public, which is an initial public offering. And that's how uh, the investors would uh, uh, get the return on an investment. So as an investor, what I would do is I would invest in at least 10 startups and I would know that out of those eight startups are going to fail, no matter how how hard I try, how much 
I pay attention to, I know that eight startups are going to fail because that a failure rate is too high. Someone said 90%, I would say 98% startups fail. Uh, and just because they are ignorant, they, they choose not to listen to their customers. Anyway, so I know that eight of those uh, 10 startups are going to fail. But what I anticipate is that the two startups who are going to succeed, they would actually be 30 times or 40 times in their value in the next three to five years. And that will give me a return on my whole investment. So if I'm investing, say, one lakh, $100,000 uh, in a startup or 50000 startup. In, in, a, in a startup, I would expect like 20 times or 30 times return when that particular startup is sold. So if you are coming up uh, to me with a concept that is going to work in one city or one school or a small market, I'm not interested because I'm interested in something that's scalable, that uh, has got a global outreach, something that could be uh, could be used by a huge amount of population that's solving a big problem so that I can get a return on my investment. I hope I answered that question. Uh, Rakesh Sahu, how uh, from YouTube has asked how a popular software get popular, sir. Uh, I'll come back to the Instagram questions. Thanks a lot for joining me, guys, again. So Rakesh Sahu from YouTube has asked how a software get popular. Uh, a software gets popular uh, by actually uh, again uh, testing it with the market so again rather than developing the full software you develop a minimum viable product uh, a small part of the software a beta version of the software you share it with the community which are your early adopters so you have to identify who your early adopters are who are the people who are most likely going to use it so for example what type of software are you making are you making uh, a software for say instagrammers who could actually use that to create all of their instagram posts or whatever so what you do is you create a basic version of that and then you reach out to 20 Instagrammers or 40 Instagrammers and ask them to try your product, get their feedback from them and then develop the product from there. Now, there are different types of marketing approaches to actually push your software out. Uh, but the most important is that the growth hacking. So growth hacking is basically focused on uh, getting more and more users on board uh, uh, and and. and who can actually come on board and start using your software. And one of the most uh, important uh, model that's uh, out there and it's been used by a lot of organizations, a lot of softwares is called freemium model. So freemium model is where you get uh, someone an access to a free or trial version for 15 days or 30 days that allows them to use it and test it. And once they're happy with it, then they are paying it on a subscription basis, on a per month basis. Now, in this world and age, if you are developing a software which is not cloud, and if you think people would spend like 50,000 or like one lakh or five lakhs in buying that software, you could probably get few customers on, in specific industries, but it's not going to go grow on scale. If you want your software business to grow on scale, you actually have to put it on cloud. You have to do a freemium version where people are starting to use it for free and then or a trial basis and then buy a subscription which is a monthly subscription and then you use them charge them on the basis of per users or uh, per gigabytes or whatever for example dropbox dropbox is available to a lot of people for free and a lot of world is actually using for free it's a free service but then if you as soon as you hit a particular capacity as soon as you start storing your videos and photographs that's when they say you have hit the capacity. Now you have to pay. And now the thing is that you have already stored so much of information in Dropbox and you feel like 
you don't want to move it out from there. You want to keep your photographs and videos and documents secure, so you pay for Dropbox. It feels like, okay, it's like 200 rupees per month or 500 rupees per month. But the thing is that once you put your credit card in there, the money is being deducted every every year uh, or sorry, every month uh, as well. And you don't even care about that. So any 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 startup system or any business where you could actually charge people on a subscription basis, where people put their credit card and then forget about it and then you keep on charging them is an absolutely amazing business model because you can predict uh, how much money you are going to receive uh, every month and uh, you can grow your business pretty easily from there. So I hope I answered that question, Rakesh. Uh, I'll, sorry, I'll take uh, a question from Instagram. Okay. Uh, Deepak has asked, uh, doing digital marketing is good for future startup. Uh, so Deepak, I'm not sure if I understood your question uh, clearly, uh, but I think what you are after is uh, uh, whether digital marketing is, is a good prospect uh, in, in startup world. So uh, when I talk about startups, so there are two things. One is actually establishing your business and the business that not going to scale, that's called lifestyle business. The second is actually developing a product or service that is easily scalable, that's startup. So digital marketing as a service, uh, it requires manpower, right? And you have to service the customers one by one. It's a personalized service. You cannot scale it that easily, so I wouldn't contribute it within uh, on the, the 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 or I wouldn't count it in the startup world itself unless you come up with a model that's actually highly scalable. So when you think about startups, think about something that once you develop it, it could be used by millions of people around the world and managed properly. Uh, thank you so much for giving hearts out there. Uh, uh, love you guys and feel free to like please send me more more hearts i would i would really uh love it would really enjoy that now uh sorry it's a bit late uh over here and uh, i would probably uh finish the session in with the next three comments so quickly uh send your comments send, send your questions uh now the next question that i'm receiving is uh, how to identify what's the value of your startup so how to contribute to the valuation thank you so much guys thank you so much for all the hearts uh, from the instagram i uh, love you guys uh, so the question that avnish has asked is how do you value your startup so i've got a specific video on this one again uh, but to create calculate the valuation of your startup there are different methodologies the one that i like most is scorecard methodology that looks at Okay, what stage your startup is at, the very first thing. To give you a very rough guide, if you are going to investors with just an idea, you are most likely not going to get a startup. But if you're going to uh, go to investors with a bit of wireframes, like wireframes are rough sketches of what you are looking at with a proper business model canvas, then your valuation, depending on where you are, starts from half a million dollars. And then if you have developed a basic minimum viable product, your valuation goes up to a million dollars. If you have developed a minimum viable product and you have put it out to the customers and customers are using it, then your valuation is around one and a half billion dollars. Uh, and then if you have using customers uh, in uh, with your minimum viable product, 
and paying customer, which means your startup is actually already generating some revenue, then your uh, uh, startup is actually upwards of $2 million. But it varies from industry to industry. I've got a tool on uh, my website, go to amirkutub.com. Uh, and, and and check out the startup valuation calculator tool where you can actually find out the value of your startup. Hope that uh, answer your question. Muslerics, I'm 13 years business owner. Are you 13 years old business owner? Wow, that's well done. Uh, uh, tell me uh, what, what type of business do you own? I would love to know more about it. Jay, Deepak, when will your live session be in Jaipur, Rajasthan? Deepak, I'm actually uh, uh, based in Melbourne, uh, Australia, and the borders are closed due to COVID-19. So I'm not able to travel to India, but uh, I'm planning to, to come to India in December as soon as the borders are open. And then I'll have a, a, a complete uh, India tour and I'm planning to cover Raj, uh, Jaipur, Rajasthan. So when I'm planning to come to Jaipur, I'll definitely let you know. And then uh, we could probably, you know, even even meet and uh, have a one-on-one -on -one session. Uh, Mohammed Asif Siddiqui, I'll take your question uh, before I'll take Jay's question again, Jay Yadav. Sir, I had seen that WhatsApp is doing advertisement on TV and other platform. As we know, it's already famous. Do you think it's a good idea or he's wasting the money? Uh, actually, uh, uh, with the, the likes of WhatsApp or Facebook, uh, these are like huge giants and they've got very very genius marketers in place what happens is that once your stab startup established a lot of people are using it you still have to maintain and manage your brand and make sure that no one overtakes it there are so many chatting apps out there that are or instant messaging app out there that are trying to compete with the likes of uh, whatsapp so the reason that they are advertising it on TV so that they want to reach out to the masses. So they have identified that in India, it's not the, the young ones, but it's the, the, the aunties and the uncles who are actually using WhatsApp more. So they just want to make sure that it actually reaches out to everyone and just becomes a national mode of communication and apps like Telegram doesn't take it. So they have to do it. But if you are uh, starting your startup and doing it from the bootstrap, you don't have to do it. Uh, it's uh, like you could just sort of leave uh, leave it like that. Uh, so they are not definitely, they are not wasting their money. They are putting their money towards building a brand because building a brand is more important. So for example, we all say uh, right now, we everyone, like I, I, I call refrigerator fridge. You know, when, when we talk about refrigerator, we just say fridge, fridge se botal leana, fridge se ye leana. The reason we say fridge is, Fridge, jo hai, wo, it's not the, the original name of refrigerator. Fridge is a brand name. So, this company has refrigerator And just uh, from there, it became famous as Fridge. Like Everyone started saying Fridge. So, look at uh, what WhatsApp wants is that uh, if uh, people are saying message me, they don't say message me, they say WhatsApp me. And now a lot of people are just saying WhatsApp me. Mujhe WhatsApp kar dena. Mujhe WhatsApp pe call, WhatsApp kar lena. So, for example, uh, if you have to say uh, search it, you don't say search it on internet. What you say is Google it. So it just has become the brand name. So that's what they are uh, wanting to do uh, with their uh, particular app as well. I'll come back to uh, your question, Yash, and I'm seeing a few questions from Instagram, but I have to take this question from Mohammed Asif Siddiqui uh, from LinkedIn. Asif, what is the scope for business like GSI mapping 
and urban design works in australia it's huge it's pretty pretty big and not even in australia in any uh, western countries out there gis mapping is is pretty huge because uh, there is a lot of emphasis on urban planning and making the city smart so it's rather than just thinking about okay gis mapping for example in city of greater geelong i sit on a i actually uh, sit on a lot of boards but i'm also advisor to the minister for planning for victoria and uh, one of the projects that we have been working on is actually uh, ensuring that we have got the gis plans uh, for and the 3d uh, uh, plans for the full city so we actually have like a a complete 3d version of the full city and then we could actually look at all the drainages in there or all the trees that are out there so we have got all of the, that data and we are using that data now to actually uh, put sensors in the right place to ensure there is a smart parking smart street lights uh, and a lot of these things that would actually allow us to get a better visibility uh, and better control of the city so definitely gis has got a huge scope uh, rakesh akif must i'll come back to you pretty soon i just need to take this question from yash on instagram so yash asked sir what are pros and cons of non coded apps so <clears throat> yash uh, is asking about uh, non coded apps uh, the apps that doesn't require uh, coding so if you ask me uh, in terms of the startups what i would say is uh, that uh, as i already mentioned yash that uh, you do not need a finished product to launch your startup but uh, you need uh, uh, later on you need a product that you could scale easily so what you need to identify is that what is the the easiest thing that you could do to actually launch your idea if it's a non non coded app and it doesn't cost you a lot it's great uh, you could do it but you need to own the intellectual property of the application so you need to identify if someone is providing you a non coded app do you own the intellectual property of the application because if you don't own it then that's going to be a problem if your startup becomes famous and what you could then do is then once you have tested the business model then you can actually develop a coded application from there because what you would need to do is that you would need a stable app eventually that is scalable so if there's a non coded app like there's nothing like a non coded application uh, uh, an application is always coded it's just that you don't have to do the code you just have to to drag and drop to build it because someone else has put in the code before it uh, but the the question that you need to ask is that if a million people are using it concurrently would that that would that app still be able to perform uh, uh, properly you don't need to ask this question right now if you are testing your concept but once you have tested your concept and once a lot of people are using it then it's important to actually get a proper stable application developed for your startup i hope i answered that question jay i'll come back to you again uh, i'm getting a few questions now from youtube rakesh sahu how to increase the valuation of company very nice question Uh, actually, go to start a valuation calculator on Enterprise Monkey website. Uh, I'll actually share the link uh, in the the comment section as well. And there are a few questions over there. And with each question, I'll uh, with each question, uh, what you have to do is you have to fill uh, answer that question, and and then that affects your valuation. So there are a lot of things that affect your valuation. I'll give you some example. One example that I gave you uh, earlier was that what stage your startup is. makes a huge difference so if you are going to investors just with the business model canvas then you then you're 
uh, valuation would be low. If you are developing wireframes and prototypes, then your valuation would be higher. If you want to increase your valuation further, develop a minimum viable product by bootstrapping, sp spend some time and develop something and then take it to the investors, then your valuation would be higher. If you have developed a minimum viable product, rather than actually going to investors now, try and get some customers to use it and test it. Because if you have using customers, then your valuation would be higher again. Similarly, if you go uh, a bit further from there, and then if you have uh, using customers who are paying you the money, then your valuation would go higher. But things as simple as that is that if you are a, an, a sole founder, your valuation would be lower. If you have got a nice team, a hipster hacker hustler, three co-founders, then your valuation would be higher. If it depends on your market size, your market research, and a lot of different factors uh, altogether. So there are a lot of different ways of increasing the valuation of your startup, depending upon um, what industry you are in at and what's the, the current value. So if you could actually tell me what startup you have, then I can uh, precisely tell you how you can actually increase the valuation of that particular startup. Uh, I'll go to the Instagram question. Sorry, I'll come to the Instagram question once again. Uh, but before that, I'll take a question from Akif Khan. Uh, from YouTube, which business has highest scope? So Akif, Akif is asking which business has highest scope. The, the business that, uh, uh, any business that's solving the biggest problem and the solving the massive problem has the highest scope. All right, so tell me which is the, the biggest problem uh, that we are facing in the world at the moment and also the biggest, uh, the, the, the problem that's the, white, the most widespread in the world. Just give it to me in the comment section. Uh, what do you think is, is, is the biggest problem that we are facing at the moment? That's coronavirus, right? So, and what's the solution for that is a vaccine. So right now, of course, that that business is a huge scope, but that's just an example. Again, you know, if you do not have expertise, you don't need to go into that field. What you need to look at is, okay, what is the field that you have got expertise in or the field that you've got interest in? For example, if you have, you are interested in cricket, what's the biggest problem with cricket? Uh, broadcasting, what's the problem? Uh, is, for example, is uh, betting a problem with cricket? Is uh, match fixing a problem with cricket? what is that particular test that you can develop or uh, uh, to ensure that the match was not fixed or the analytics is the biggest problem with cricket or finding the players is a big problem for cricket. So you need to identify what is that, that problem and how huge that problem is. And that is how you identify, okay, uh, what, which business has higher scope, but I can tell you the field, uh, any business that is scalable, it has higher scope and something that is scalable needs to have some element of technology into it. Uh, so right now, for example, if you are thinking that I'll put, you know, start a lock factory, uh, it might not be the most scalable business. But if you are doing a smart lock or developing smart locks that are connected via mobile apps that people could use, uh, you know, lock, uh, lock, lock these things using their mobile phones or whatever, then it's something that's scalable. So that it needs to have a, an element of digital uh, technology into it. And that's actually pretty important uh, for your business to go uh, out. 
we've got faima akhtar ishika my old friend from uh, deakin university uh, she's in bangladesh uh, hi, she's saying hi 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 faima how are you uh, faima is actually uh, is an entrepreneur in herself and uh, she, uh, she's actually managing a business uh, a retail business uh, like a clothing business in bangladesh uh, and her factory makes great clothes so send me some shirts and and t-shirts faima whenever you get a chance uh mas lyrics main 13 saal ka hu business kaise start karu please sir please reply i am 23 years old uh instagram walon mein aapke paas aa raha hu just give me a moment uh mas lyrics main 13 saal ka hu business kaise start karu sir please reply main 13 saal ka hu business kaise start karu bahut simple hai agar aap ye puch rahe hain ki main business kaise start karu all you have to do is sabse pehle aap ye dekho मैंने जैसे बोला कि क्या प्रॉब्लम है आपके आसपास और आइडेंटिफाई करो कि उस प्रॉब्लम का जो है वो क्या जो है वो टेक्निकल सॉल्यूशन सकता है अगर इतना दिमाग नहीं लगाना है तो ये देखो कि बाहर की कंट्रीज में जो है कौन से स्टार्टअप्स कौन से बिजनेसेस जो हैं अभी चल रहे हैं क्योंकि हमारे इंडिया में अगर आप इंडिया में स्टार्ट करने का सोचो तो इंडिया में क्या होता है कि बाहर के कॉन्सेप्ट जो हैं वो बाद में जो है वो इंडिया में जो है वो धीरे धीरे आते हैं अभी जैसे जियो ने क्या किया जूम जो है वीडियो कॉलिंग ऐप थी उसका जो है कॉपी कर लिया एक तरीके से तो आप देखिए कि व्हाट आर द बिजनेस दैट आर परफॉर्मिंग प्रेटी वेल आउट देयर इन यूएस या फिर ऑस्ट्रेलिया में और वो धीरे धीरे जो इंडिया में आएंगे मैंने आज से छः साल पहले बोला था कि ऑनलाइन एजुकेशन जो है वो इंडिया में आएगा सो मुझ पर लोग हंसते थे दे वुड से कि नहीं इंडिया में ट्रेडिशनल एजुकेशन सिस्टम ही रहेगा ऑनलाइन एजुकेशन जो है वो नहीं आएगा आज ऑनलाइन एजुकेशन जो है वो पूरी तरह से फैल चुका है इस तरीके से ऑगमेंटेड रियलिटी आर्टिफिशियल इंटेलिजेंस ये सारी चीज़ें जो है वो ऑस्ट्रेलिया में यूएस में जो है वो ऑलरेडी इम्प्लीमेंट हो रही हैं वो धीरे धीरे इंडिया में आ जाएंगी और जल्दी आएंगी तो देखना होगा कि कौन लेके आएगा उसे और आप भी उस चीज़ को जो है वो लेकर आ सकते हैं तो अगर आप तेरह साल क्यों डजेंट मैटर आप तीस साल क्यों डजेंट मैटर साठ साल क्यों डजेंट मैटर All you need is a decent idea that you can test, और फिर उसके बाद आप उसे properly execute कर पाए Business क्या करना कैसे सीखना है आप आमिर कुतुब डॉट कॉम पर जाए आमिर कुतुब अकेडमी ज्वाइन करें वहाँ पर आपको फ्री रिसोर्सेज मिलेंगी बहुत सारी आई डोंट हैव टू पे एनी थिंग लाइक आई जस्ट पुट इट ऑल द रिसोर्स फ्री यू कैन कम ओवर देयर एंड लर्न के आप जो है वो कैसे अपना बिजनेस स्टार्ट कर सकते हैं बिजनेस मॉडल कैनवस से स्टार्ट करें अपने कंसेप्ट को बिजनेस मॉडल कैनवस पे लिखें और वहाँ पे अपलोड करें हमारे खुद अकेडमी पे मैं पर्सनली आपका बिजनेस मॉडल रिव्यू करूंगा और आपको फीडबैक दूंगा तो अगर आप लोगों ने ज्वाइन नहीं किया हुआ है तो आमिर खुतुब डॉट कॉम पर आमिर खुतुब अकेडमी पर ज्वाइन करें इट्स फ्री और वहाँ पे आप अपने बिजनेस आइडियाज और बिजनेस मॉडल कैनवस मुझे भेज सकते हैं उबैदरहमान असलम लकी त्यागी सेंग हेलो सर यू आर डूइंग ग्रेट जॉब थैंक यू सो मच मेरे भाई बस आप लोगों की मोहब्बत है आपकी मोहब्बत में मैं आ जाता हूँ हर सैटरडे यहाँ पे रात के दो बीस हो रहे हैं इट्स जस्ट बिकॉज ऑफ द लव दैट यू गाइस गिव एंड लकी त्यागी कीप गोइंग थैंक यू सो मच एंड देन वी हैव गॉट क्वेश्चन फ्रॉम लकी त्यागी सर कैन यू प्लीज टेल मी हाउ कैन Uh, help small businesses with the help of technology and internet uh, this is a very good question uh, a lot of small businesses again are going to go obsolete for example in australia retail is going obsolete i am seeing a lot of retail stores dying every other day i work with a lot of i have worked with a lot of retail chains and brands and i have told i used to tell it to them like 4 years ago 5 years ago 
uh, and I used to call it the monkey syndrome. I was calling them the way Kodak died, the way Nokia died. You are going to die as well if you don't change your business practices. Similarly, for smaller businesses, if you don't change your practices, then your business is actually going to die. And what we need to do is we need to identify what are the processes that that business is doing and how we can digitize those processes. For example, banking sector, right? You remember the time when we used to go to the bank to make a transaction, you know, if you have to uh, pay someone or whatever, right? It, we actually had to go literally to the banks. How many people go to, to banks to do these things? In Australia and US, it's more advanced, right? I didn't even have, I have never visited my bank branch. Like my bank account was opened when I was sitting at my home from my mobile phone, all of the, the transactions are happening online as well. I've never visited my bank, right? My bank doesn't need to have like a, a physical premise. Similarly, a lot of uh, physical small businesses are going to die are, uh, because uh, of the, the whole influx of the e-commerce and digital. So businesses need to think about how they can survive. If you are producing a product, uh, put it on Instagram. If you are developing something great, put it on Instagram. That's the that's the only way to act uh, and and go digital. Actually, talk about it. You know, do a live. Even if you are de developing a uh, like a product in the factory, do a Facebook live, Instagram live. Show it to the people and then give them an option to actually buy the product or make the orders online. That's a very first step. The second thing is the the documentation of the small businesses. You need to take all of that online as well. If you don't do it, your competitors will do it and you will become obsolete in some time. Your, your business would actually die. Uh, we have got a question from... We have got Anas who is saying, Kutub sahab pechante hain ya bhul gaya. Bhai, kaise bhul jayenge? Anas bhai, aapko bilkul pechante hain, sir. आपकी मोहब्बत थी और आपका बड़ा साथ रहा तो आप पुराने दोस्तों को और कभी नहीं भूलते तो बिल्कुल याद है यश हैज आस्क्ड सर व्हेन वी शुड अप्रोच द इन्वेस्टर्स दैट्स अ वेरी गुड क्वेश्चन यस यश एंड डिपेंड्स ऑन हाउ मच मनी डू यू हैव टू बी एबल टू एग्जीक्यूट थिंग्स डू यू हैव इनफ मनी to actually develop a minimum viable product. Minimum viable product uh, doesn't require a lot of money. Even if you have a, like a technical co-founder who can develop a minimum viable product, that's great. So I recommend that you develop a minimum viable product, test it with some customers and, and start getting some revenue, then go to your investors because at that point of stage, even if you're not getting uh, revenue, but at that point of stage, you will still have a valuation of $1.5 million in a fold. But if you go to investors without a minimum wild product and just pitch it to the investors, it's very difficult to get investment, but your valuation is going to be low as well. So I, in my uh, approach, someone who has developed a minimum viable product and uh, has using customer, it shows me that they are serious about the product and they are going to do something. They have invested their own money in the product as well, which is pretty important uh, uh, from a startup perspective. Hope I answered that question. Lucky Tyagi, thank you for the valuable information, sir. You are most welcome. Uh, my pleasure. Rakesh has asked, sir, how to learn coding for a startup. I'll come back to the Instagram question. My dear friends. And Perth, I'll come to you as well. Uh, so Rakesh has asked, how to learn coding for a startup? You don't have to learn coding for 
starting a startup, right? A, a successful startup needs three people. Number one is a, a, a person who could actually manage and run the business. Uh, so a person who is smart enough to, to, to look uh, uh, at the execution of the idea. Secondly, you need a technical person uh, or an engineering person who can develop the product. And that's for that you might need coding. And the third is you need a person who is great at marketing. So if you are not good at coding and if you want to start a startup, don't uh, like if you are interested in coding, go and learn it. But you don't have to learn the coding. All you need to do is just to find the two co-founders uh, who have those skills. So, for example, if you are good at coding, uh, but you are not good at managing the company, you are not good at marketing then get two co-founders who are good at both of these things. If you're good at marketing, uh, then get uh, uh, a coder and an executor. If you're good at executing, you're an ideas person, get a marketer and get a, uh, a, a coder and build a team because I always say that, uh, you know, even if you're uh, splitting it into three, a uh, 30% or 20% of 50 million uh, is much better than like a hundred percent of something which is, which is not worth anything, which is zero. So build a team, uh, find the like-minded people uh, and then develop the business from there, develop the startup from there. That would be really helpful. If you try to do it all by yourself, it's going to be extremely difficult because it's a stressful journey, right? It's going to be uh, for next two to three years. So you really want to ensure that you have the right team in place. Uh, and that's pretty important. I hope I answered that question, Rakesh. I'm taking one question from Instagram. Uh, Anas Bhai is saying, Zara Nawazi ke shukriya jagar. Sir, aapki hai. Uh, Maheshwari, hi brother, how are you? I am good, Parth. Awesome. Aap kaise hai? Uh, and then we've got Anas. Uh, please give me some tips relating to business promotion. Uh, Anas uh, is asking about business promotion. Uh, I think with business promotion, it's extremely, extremely important uh, to actually, first of all, go digital and go hit hard on all the social media platforms depends on where if your business is business to customers then uh, facebook and instagram are two big ones if your business is like business to business like you're selling to businesses then linkedin is an absolutely absolutely amazing uh, 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 platform so you need to think about okay whether my whether i'm if i'm selling to my customers what are the social media platforms my customers are using? If I am selling to a younger generation that's living in remote areas, uh, are they using TikTok? Are you, they using Chingari app or whatever? Those apps are new. They have got a higher reach. So start producing content over there. If you are develop, if your customers are uh, business customers, corporate professionals, what are they using? They are using LinkedIn. So you have to produce a lot of content over there. Uh, similarly, if uh, your customer is using Facebook, Instagram, you have to do it over there. The only challenge with likes of Facebook and Instagram is that it's already a very crowded marketplace. It's very difficult to grow organically in there, but you could still run Facebook and Instagram ads. I do a lot of pay-per-click marketing with Facebook and Instagram for my clients, and we get absolutely amazing results, much better than spending money in, in ads on papers or whatever. Uh, but also I try to look at these upcoming social media networks and how you can utilize them. But it's about creating content as much as you can. You know, whatever you are doing in your business, just make a video, just uh, document it and put it out. Don't think about finish. Like a lot of people think about, okay, how am I going to appear? What am I going to say? Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. You know, just 
tell them uh, just just uh, make a very simple video and just post an update about okay this is what we did today you might think that that's boring or whatever it is but if you are showing the personality to people if you are showing what work you are doing uh, it would actually help your business a lot it takes a bit of time for it to be picked up but you will definitely uh, be able to pick up we are passing more than 1 hour and my instagram live would actually end but all of the other lives would be working so i'll start another instagram live just to to continue with it uh, so that i can answer all the questions uh, it's pretty late in the night so i'll try to uh, answer three or four questions and that's it uh So we have got question from Mohammad Faizan Shakil. Continuing previous Q and A, how to be super good in managing while I am an engineering student? Well, that's a very nice question because I have never been good in study, but I've been really super good in uh, managing. And I would say the the whole credit goes to the extracurricular activities that I was involved in. So if you are involved in extracurricular activities, that are that is going to help you a lot. uh so it could be managing events uh uh doing things like uh uh stab running magazines so just look at the things that are there in the college and don't just participate in them try to start something new try to get sponsorship uh try to manage a team in your college uh or while studying and that is going to help you a lot like i would rather spend time in extracurricular activities than actually sitting in the class i used to attend 60% of classes so that i could get enough attendance uh, to sit in the examination but most of the time i actually used to spend in in extracurricular activities and uh, i uh, uh, started uh, an entrepreneurship development cell i participated in the elections and all of those things actually gave me a very good overview and good perspective of uh, management and i believe that is a a, a pretty important skill uh, that is going to help you a lot Uh, i hope i answered your question fazan uh, rakesh sahu has asked thank you sir for giving giving great ideas you are most welcome rakesh and uh, my uh, what i what i uh, like to do uh, with these sessions is just sort of provide as much information as i can so that uh, you don't make the mistakes that i made and then you can learn uh, pretty quickly and uh, one of the biggest challenge and i'll probably say it in hindi hum log ko lagta hai ki jo startups produce karte hain ye koi extraordinary log hote hain inke paas kuch alag se skill hote hain aisa nahi hai jo startups se wo produce karte hain log ye bade simplistic jo hai wo log hote hain koi extraordinary jo hai wo log nahi hote they are very very nice matlab jaise hum jaise log hote hain और यही लोग जो है वो सक्सेस होते हैं द ओनली डिफरेंस इज के जो लोग मेथडोलॉजी जो अप्रोच फॉलो करते हैं तो यू हैव टू हैव अ बिट ऑफ ट्रस्ट इन योर सेल्फ एंड देन फॉलो द राइट मेथडोलॉजी फॉलो द राइट अप्रोच एंड दैट विल एक्चुअली हेल्प योर स्टार्टअप लॉट सो जस्ट हैव ट्रस्ट इन योर सेल्फ हैव ट्रस्ट इन इन योर स्टार्टअप एंड दैट विल एक्चुअली हेल्प यू अलॉट uh all right so we have passed our one hour uh if you are watching it anywhere make sure that you are following me on instagram at amir kutub on linkedin uh on youtube on facebook because i am creating uh different contents everywhere we have uh got another question from lucky lucky i'll address this question in my next one tips for selling skills for any business i'll definitely answer this question in my next session because it's getting pretty late 
Muhammad is saying salam, walaikum salam. So, as I was saying, uh, make sure that you follow me on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. I'm putting a lot of different content and resources over here. Uh, uh, Zishan is saying, Amir Bhai, thanks for holding the session. I'm from MV and so is really inspiring for budding entrepreneurs like me. Zishan, uh, it's very nice to hear that you're from MU as well. And uh, I'm glad that I could actually inspire you and motivate you. So through these sessions, if I'm able to inspire one person to do something better in their life and actually help them, I think my payback would be done. All I want to do through these things is actually just uh, uh, paid back to uh, my people. And most importantly, join me, uh, join my website, go to amirkutub.com join the academy it's free and i'm putting a lot of resources out there i actually have a team that's put, developing a lot of resources related to career jobs and education uh, and entrepreneurship so that uh, you could actually get all of those resources for free so go on amarkutub.com and join the academy thank you so much once again everyone out there for joining this live session with me and i will see you in the next session Bye-bye. See ya. Ta-ta. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Amir Kutub Show. We hope you gained valuable insights. Don't forget to get in touch with us via LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or our website www.amirkutub.com. Stay tuned for the latest news and insights about jobs and careers. I hope you find your next best opportunity soon. Until next time, goodbye.